This episode of the podcast is brought to you by realizing your wife is really tired lately, so you slip a little cocaine into her coffee just to give her that little extra pep she needs. She'll thank you for it. I'm looking forward to seeing you in action, Jackson. You got a great big cock. Um, well, I don't know. I guess so. May I see it? Really? Please. Thank you, Eddie. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that has a giant penis. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Frank. Two inches um, hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, and today we are doing, in my opinion, a modern day classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing Paul Thomas Anderson's sophomore feature film. 1997's Boogie Nights. I was going to say, like, this definitely feels like something, like, earlier on for him. Yeah. Um, so, if you've never seen Boogie Nights, what it is about is back when Seth, when Seth, when, <laughs> back when sex was safe, pleasure was a business, and business was a booming. An idealistic porn producer aspires to elevate his craft to an art when he discovers a hot young talent. Mm-hmm. And that hung hot young talent is Marky Mark. Oh, yeah. Who plays uh, Eddie Adams slash Dirk Diggler. Oh, Dirk Diggler, man. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> you got Julianne Moore, who plays Amber. Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. who's iconic, rest oh, in yeah. peace, uh, who plays Jack. And then you have John C. Riley, who plays Reed. <laughs> um, you have Don Cheadle in this, who's, mm-hmm. who plays Buck. And he's got his famous, my name's Buck and I like to fuck, <laughs> which is referenced in Kill Bill, mm-hmm. which is uh, just a great little, you know, tip of, tip the, of the, hat. the hat to you, sir. Uh, William H Macy's in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> who plays who plays Little Bill, which is yep. like a great fucking name. Um, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who mm-hmm. plays Scotty. I mean, the names just go on. That was and like on. the big thing that I really liked about this. I was just like, wow, there's so you're many in people, this, and then you're in this. <laughs> yeah, and the great thing that I love about, especially like early P.T. Anderson films, is he's similar to like a Tarantino, where he mm-hmm. he has like his guys and yeah. he knows like who he likes and he tends to use them very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like. Seeing all the, like, um, John C. Riley was in his debut, Hard Eight. That mm-hmm. was like the main character. So it's like, oh, okay. And he brought he brought back John C. Riley. This was Mark Wahlberg's not debut, but it was his debut in like the star role. Yeah. Um, he had like a few films where he was like a supporting character, but this was Mark like this was him breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can and, almost feel that in Eddie. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much this is the fucking movie that skyrocketed Mark Wahlberg into what we know him as today. Mm-hmm. Cause I think before this, like he was just like doing like the modeling and the runway stuff too. Yeah. And then, yeah, similar to how he is in Eddie, it's literally just like, oh, you're hot. So like, let's put you in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so I, this is your first time watching this, yes. right? Okay. So, uh, this is my probably like third or fourth time watching this movie. Um, I realized just. I realized watching it this time around that this might be like top three P.T. Anderson films for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it so much. It's, it's really fun. It's got everything about it. Like it's got the comedy. It's got mm-hmm. the drama. It's got the action. It's got the drugs. It's got the sex. I mean, it is just such a a, a filmmaker's film. Yeah. And you can tell, like I told you this off like podcast like where you you feel like this is a paul thomas anderson movie based on the length because this uh, this movie's like two hours and 40 minutes yeah but again just like with there will be blood like the man knows how to pace a film where it never feels like it's boring or you're in a lull or like it's dragging on yeah like this feels like 
a star-studded cast and a great film to watch where it's just like hanging out and like you you got two and a half hours to kill he's got really good um like he's he, I, I paul thomas anderson for me has like such a knack for writing like unique characters mm-hmm. um because he wrote this film and i don't know like it's just it's crazy to me that this was only his second movie i know and you know what too he did like a little bit of research too where it's like i don't think like he watched like a shit ton of porn films but like he definitely looked at like the acting style that they use in porn films yeah. um where it's kind of like cringy and kind of like cheesy yeah well it's actually and, Mom, eddie's based off of a guy oh yeah and then so is uh John jack Hughes, i think his name was yeah jack is based off of a guy too yeah. and um it's like it's just really cool like how he kind of interpreted that of like you know how they're acting for the film versus how they're acting for like the porn film right and you can feel it where it's like, oh, this is this is a porn film yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, how like cheesy they're talking to each other. Right. It's a funny too because I never I didn't make the correlation at the time, but I realized how, the similarities between Ty West's X, that A twenty four film, mm-hmm. the slasher movie, and this movie because mm-hmm. the whole the whole basically plot of of X is to make a porn. To, well, it's to make a porn, but it's to make like an elevated porn. Like, Oh, we're not making just pornography. We're making like art. Yeah. And that's where like Jack is. He's like, no, no, no. We're like I, we are making a proper film. Like I, after he's like, after they come, I want them to sit in it. And mm. then because they need to know what's going to happen, like how the, how the plot is going to finish. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, General basic thoughts of your first time watching Boogie Nights. I really like this film. Yeah. Uh, it's it, like I said, like it's just a really fun, like, I don't want to say it's a hangout film, but like it definitely feels where it's like, you know, you can literally watch this on like any day of the week and then just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, I really like too, I found out Burt Reynolds fucking hated the role. I don't know if you knew this, like he turned down the role yeah. seven times and like on the seventh time, um, he was like, I'm not making this fucking porno movie to like, explicitly show off like how great the industry is because i'm not about that and i feel like i'm just gonna like like i'm letting down my fans and i'm selling out and paul thomas anderson was like you bring that energy to this role and you will win an oscar <laughs> and he i think he got nominated for best supporting role for this film yeah so it's like fucking see you did, you did great <laughs> yeah and it's and it, i would say that this movie doesn't exactly i like idolize the no. pornography industry if anything it showcases like the realism of it right of, like it the shows time. how strange and like how foreign it is to mm-hmm. people who are not in it because the way that they the, the people that are in it interact with one another mm-hmm. and and just like hey can i see your cock yeah and there's like yeah, <laughs> it's so sure. easy to just, and say they just that. do it it's like oh okay like it's just so different and um to them it's so normal though mm-hmm. that's like the weird thing about it right and that's what i mean by like like writing unique characters like mm-hmm. to everybody in this movie you, what they're doing is so normal and to everybody watching you're like this is so strange yes <laughs> and you can feel that like even with um roller girl yeah like she's a really great character where it's like she's in this industry like she's like you could you can probably say that like she was brought in like at a young age kind of like eddie like 17 um and then this is kind of like all she knows and you see that from like her being in school and like people recognizing her. Right. But like she gets she gets upset when it's in that environment, but like she's so herself around like Jack and Eddie and Amber where it's like, you know, this is who she is. Like she's so comfortable being this. Yeah. And that's like a really good example of like, you know, they're all comfortable. 
Like right. every, it almost feels too like everybody's kind of in like almost an open relationship with each other in the kind of yeah. industry, right? Because you have Jack and Amber who they you know I, I don't know if they ever actually confirm that they're married. I don't know if they mm-hmm. do, but they're definitely together. They're definitely like that's his girl. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the first movie that Dirk at this point when Dirk is now Dirk. He's having sex with Amber. Yes. <laughs> and and then Jack is just sitting there filming it, like watching it and like, like directing so it. Fucking, it's so strange. I know. Like even to like when Jack brings Eddie back to his house and is like testing to see like, okay, can he do this? And like sits there and watches Roller Girl and him have sex. Yeah. It's like, man, that's awkward. Right. Like I don't think I could do that. But like at the same time too, like that's the industry that they are in. Right. So he's he's used to this thing. Right. And Eddie has no problem with it Mm-mm. at all. Right. Like Eddie is just so willing and and has like he's pretty much exactly what Jack has been looking for the mm-hmm. entire like you know almost his like entire career. Yeah. He's like. You know, he is, he's got a huge hog. <laughs> he's, he's young. He's good looking. He's got a great body. He's got the stamina, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's like, even there's points where he's like, Hey, like I can go again because if you guys didn't get the shot, like I can, we, I can do it again right now. Yeah. So like, he's got the stamina for it. And on top of that, he's got the dreams that Jack has, right? Like mm-hmm. him coming up with the, <laughs> the action movie oh, plot. That I is... wish I remembered what that was called, but like it was so good. Like I imagine they made like eight movies of that. Right. And and like him coming up with these ideas with um, uh, John C. Riley's character and like them coming and like conceiving like, hey, like we're going to have a plot and it's going to essentially be like... Like, think of it like a television series. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to tune in, like, on a weekly (laughs) basis, and it's going to be, like, a modern-day, like, Law & Order or something, you know, where it's like, this is the next case. It's like, okay. (laughs) So, like, that idea of, like, hey, we're treating this more, like, actual real cinema versus just people having sex is is just really... it's just an interesting way to look at it. And that's kind of like why I didn't even think I, I'm surprised that I, I didn't make the connection between X and this, because mm-hmm. that's literally what X is. Um, and having them just, you know, having, having them be like so young and so just um, ambitious mm-hmm. because it's, it's so interesting to see them truly, truly believe that what they're doing is like real art and cinema. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's so just, it's just porn mm-hmm. and it's just like dude but you got to have a story to it i guess to them at this time and it's just like so interesting to watch again like these people in this world that so many people are completely foreign to mm-hmm. that are not actually in this industry and you're watching these people who are treating it like a real proper business and mm-hmm. also like true cinema yeah it's so great because one of my one of my favorite things about this film is the like overarching um, theme of like the death of cinema and the mm-hmm. death of film and the introduction of video. Yeah. And I think that it's, this is why Paul Thomas Anderson, in my opinion, is a genius filmmaker mm-hmm. is how we get to that point. Oh, it's amazing. Cause like it all culminates with new years with little bill, with little bill. And I, I love that. I thought it was hilarious. Like the whole thing of like, every time that you see little bill, his wife is just fucking somebody else. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? Get off my wife. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> just go watch TV. And or then something. he just does. Yeah. And th- again, this is why I think Paul Thomas Anderson is literally a genius filmmaker or a, st- a genius storyteller mm-hmm. because 
New Year's Eve, his wife, Little Bill's wife is having sex with another guy, and finally Little Bill is fed up with it. Yeah. He grabs the gun, and, and we have that incredible tracking shot of him going through the house, and it's perfectly timed with everybody mm-hmm. counting down. And once they get down to like three, two, he lets off the shots. He kills the wife. He kills the guy that she's having sex with. He comes into the living room and then blows his head off, and then it's the 80s. Yes. And, and then that's, that's like the death of the 70s. That mm-hmm. is the death of everybody everybody's life going really really good and that is the death of film yeah because you real like it literally is like the 80s starts little bill dies and like that's when like you start to get the the decline of everything right because for the first half of the film like when it's the 70s like i'm watching it and i'm like wow this is a really good time like feel good film yeah where it's like you know eddie's rising like jack's happy ember's happy roller girl's happy and it's like where's the conflict like are we gonna get anything or is this literally just how it is and then that was just such a dead center like no this is where the story really takes off yeah and i was like i love the fact that you got to spend that like hour hour 15 minutes with everybody to get to know them and like see how they are and then slowly you get to see everything with the 80s of how shit's hitting the fan, especially, too, with, like, Eddie's addiction now to cocaine all of a sudden. Right, but it comes at the cost of... Well, not, not at the cost, but it comes because of... Amber. Well, it, it really comes because of the the new face that, that shows up, mm-hmm. right? I don't remember that kid's name, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, he's, not his, he's not really in the He movie. doesn't have the penis like <laughs> Diggler does. But it, he's pretty much... He is the new Eddie. Mm-hmm. He is the new Dirk Diggler. Yeah. At least uh, in the beginning. And... And he is being introduced to everybody and he's getting the same exact conversations that Eddie was having when he was brand new. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the great shot of of Eddie coming up to Jack and he's sitting there with the with the new talent at the uh, restaurant or at the bar. And then he's literally telling him, like, you know, there's 15 guys just for the lighting. And that's those are the exact words mm-hmm. that he was being said to, to Eddie, whatever, five years ago when he when he first met Jack. Exactly. So the jealousy and the rage of him building that up and being like, oh, no, fuck you. I'm not even going to shake your hand. Then he just storms off. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it breaks down at the pool party. Mm-hmm. And that's really where, like, everything basically just breaks up. Everybody breaks up and everybody's just at that point kind of doing their own thing right because you have like their, their new star mm-hmm. which again was whatever that kid's name is doesn't matter Mm-mm. even jack isn't happy with him no like, there's a great scene right where he walks in and and, and he sees that he's like how's it going he's like well it is what it is it's like <laughs> we just it is what it is mm-hmm. and it's just like okay so he doesn't have the, that talent and that charisma that that dirk has yeah and uh amber's life is falling apart yeah jack's career is really falling apart because you know, he's done, nobody wants to finance film anymore. Mm-hmm. They want to finance video. And Dirk's fucking life is falling apart because now, like, he's kind of gotten to this point where it's like, you know, he's found so much success, success, and he kind of is like, he he kind of has like too much of a big head about himself now. Like, he thinks like he's like God's greatest gift to the porn industry, and it's like, oh, I can like leave this and go start like a, a rock career. Yeah, and it's like. No, you're fucking horrible. Right, right, but that yeah. it's a really funny scene of like them trying to get yes. their uh, <laughs> them trying to get the tapes yes. so, that, so they can bring it to the <laughs> And John C. Riley's character just being like, Yeah, you know what, just just go with it. Like yeah. let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. John C. Riley is so like like, yeah, he's, he's in the background <laughs> like dancing. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Um <laughs> uh yeah, so anyway, like you have the death of like this cinema happening mm-hmm. for Jack and and it's so one of my favorite things is is how that transition happens from 
pornography being this giant like kind of theatrical thing like mm-hmm. when you first when 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 you first see um a porno in this film it's being like displayed on the uh over the movie theaters yeah, right like um, exactly um and then VHS happens the tape happens and then they're doing it in a fucking uh in in a limousine yeah and it's just like it went from like such a high production like high class almost right, type thing to now being like this dirty backseat mm-hmm. like anybody can do it thing and jack is just feeling so lifeless yeah because he has it. like this great quote too like i'm paraphrasing but like you know jack when he's talking to eddie is like you know when you make like a porn film like in the theaters like yes the obvious thing is that you want them to come but like what do you do to keep them after they come right and it's like that's what the film industry was for him and now that vhs is a thing he just doesn't know what to do like he's kind of like lost his way right and he doesn't know how to like navigate this new world yeah it's sad yeah it is it (laughs) is really sad because like you really see like the spiral of everyone right and you like jack you pretty much like everybody in this movie nobody i hated right uh, fucking Buck though, man. I love yeah. Buck. I like Buck a lot because, <laughs> because what is he talking about? He's talking about the T two two four or whatever, <laughs> like the and fucking like upgrading it. But he's just playing country music on right. it. But you know what's really like clever is again, this is like genius writing mm-hmm. for me. Anyway, is that I guess apparently like the T two two four is not a real thing Mm -hmm. it's actually a star wars reference oh really uh yeah and basically what it is is the it's it's the um it's the stormtrooper that luke skywalker steals like the uniform Mm. from okay and buck is the whole movie like trying to figure out like his identity his identity Mm -hmm. and it's just like (laughs) clever shit like that that nobody else does and that nobody will ever really, nobody, you know, if you just watch this movie, you'll you'll never know that. I know. Because I even like to, like, for the, like, he's trying to figure out his whole thing where it's like the country star. Right. But then it's like, you know, at the New Year's party, he's got like the the braided dreads like um Rick James. Right, yeah. And it's like, he's trying to figure out like that where it's like, oh, this doesn't fucking work. Yeah. And it's really, um, a gr- he, he has a really good arc, I think. Oh, absolutely. Because then he meets the other porn star and then they actually build like a life together. And they're trying to like not do that. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to actually, he's trying to start up his own proper business. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the bank and they're like, no, we can't fund you. You're a, you know, you're a pornographer. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's they, like, no, I'm an actor. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you have, of course, this, you know, a little bit of suspension of disbelief of, um, the 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 what was it a donut shop robbery oh, i was so fucking scared of that because i was like i was thinking like it's the 80s like everybody's dead except for don Cheadle's buck right where if the cops find him they're just gonna assume that like oh he did all of this and right. then put him away yeah and it's like no he has like this baby on the way and everything like that and i guess there wasn't cameras in there he just took the money and fucking they... started up his own business right yeah. and i was like thank god like it worked out for him because yeah, right? i was really worried right well the thing is right like this movie goes in such a downward spiral for everybody but then eventually it comes back and everybody mm-hmm. finds one another again yeah. and it does and on a more positive note exactly yeah uh but getting through that was is really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when like you have Eddie who is like really addicted to coke at this point and like is picked up by the guy. And isn't that isn't that uh when when they go to that guy's house? Isn't that the guy who plays Doc Ock in in, in Sam Raimi's so, Spider Man? Yeah. yeah, 
That's funny. That so that was the thing too is like I've seen that scene like done so many times in like TV shows and everything like that. Like I think Simpsons did it. I think Family Guy did it. Um, and I was just like I never knew where the scene was from. And then as soon as I saw like the the kid throwing firecrackers down, I was like, oh my god, that's the scene! I know I exactly what this is. I didn't know that, they, and, that there was references like that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like that scene was the scene where it's like you know we always talk about where you feel like you've seen the movie, but, like, you never actually saw the movie. Right. It's, like, that scene is where it's, like, I feel like I've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like I've seen this scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, and because you have that fucking, like, like whack job friend of theirs, the one that's, like, kind of feeding the drugs to mm-hmm. him, the guy that, like, comes in, like, with his leather jacket and yeah. shit. And he's just like, no, we want what's under the floor, under the bed, in the safe. He's like, dude, just fucking calm down. Like, we got what I wanted. Yeah. It's just like, it's a crazy scene. And it, and it really builds up, like, incredible tension. Mm-hmm. Because you just know that it's about to go down. Yeah. It always, it kind of felt like true romance for, for me. Where, uh, um, whatever his name is, goes to uh, kind of get, uh, what, what, oh, I can't think of anybody's names. Yeah. Um, Oh fuck! I can't think I know of anybody's Gary names. Oldman's. Yeah, yeah when yeah. he goes there and he go and and he's like, it, it reminds me of that scene. Obviously, Gary Oldman is fucking crazy in that movie. Yes, and this guy is kind of crazy, but like, I, I do feel like he could have been like they could have made him a little bit more because he's kind of just like, hey, what's going on? Five grand, okay, sure. And he's yeah, kind of exactly. just like this laze, like whatever kind of guy. I almost feel like it would have been a little bit more elevated if you kind of made him like a real like psychopath which i guess sort of he becomes at the end when he brings out the shotgun and he shoots and then he's always like shooting at the car or whatever uh and i don't know i guess that almost can kind of be a little bit scarier because it's like oh he was so like nice and and chill and now all of a sudden he's got the shotgun and he's chasing you it's like oh okay okay maybe it does work i was scared for john c Riley's character at that point too like i forget his name but like him like just running off into the bush i think his name is reed yeah reed i was like oh fuck like he's gonna get shot yeah you definitely think that he's going to get shot. And even um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Scotty. Scotty is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of, like, negative things to say about this film. Like, that was kind of, like, the one thing is I wish they kind of expanded Explored a little bit more little bit with more. Scotty. Because, like, there is this whole thing where it's, like, immediately you understand that Scotty is, like, really into, like, Eddie. Like, like in he's love. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's in, in love, love with, with Eddie. And, you know, there's the scene where it's, like, at the, the party where, like, he kisses him and Eddie's like, yo, what the hell, man? And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so drunk. Like, it's I didn't mean it. Like, can we just go back to how things were? But, like, you still feel like, you know, he's into him. And he sides with Eddie in the 80s when he decides to go off and do, like, this music career. Yeah. And, like, is really addicted to coke. And I don't know. Like, I wish he was just a little bit more, like, the voice of reason for him in that time. Because there's a, a great scene... And, again, like, Paul Thomas Anderson is so good at blocking out shots and, like, using camera angles. Like, he has, like, these beautiful tracking shots throughout the entire film. And one of them was when Eddie and Red or Reed and, and the other guy are, like, sitting around trying to devise, like, this plan to, like, basically sell baking soda to get money for the cocaine. Yeah. And it's just, like, this kind of like spiral between like all of them like going passing through and then you got scotty there saying like one thing of like hey man i think this is a bad idea and they're like shut the fuck up scotty like we don't need you to say this like get out of here yeah and then that's it like he never really like does anything yeah like it's it's like a small arc of like okay he's into him and then just nothing yeah and it's like i wish they did a little bit more with scotty yeah i get it i i understand i do too i kind of wish that that third guy whatever his name is the guy with the mustache yeah 
We'll call mustache. Like, yeah, I think mustache could have been like <laughs> kind of avoided a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I understand his purpose of the film, and uh, obviously, like there is a reason as to why his character is there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I agree. I would have liked to see a little bit more Scotty and, and and Eddie's relationship with one another. Yeah, because it would have been interesting to explore that theme as well because this movie has a lot of fucking themes. Oh, exactly. And there's so much to mm-hmm. explore. So maybe it's just like if we add another layer onto it, is it is it going to get too much? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree. I, I, I think I agree with that. I, I wish that, that Scotty had a little bit more to do in the film and just was in more scenes and just kind of had more things to say for Eddie to ponder. Yeah. I agree with that. Because he, he is like a close friend to him, but like... Yeah. There is this underlining thing that's like they just kind of brush over. Yeah. I love, though, the way that he filmed this movie like a 70s film. Oh, absolutely. Because, again, it's, it filmed, it, the movie was made in the 90s, but it feels like it really was made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of... He does a lot of, like, those zooms. Like, when, when mm-hmm. Eddie and his mom get into the fight and Eddie runs away and the mom comes out the front door yes. and you have that really far away shot yes. and, it <laughs> and it zooms, zooms all the it. way into his mom. It's like... That feels like such a 1970s uh, movie. Wasn't it weird, too, that's like he gets in the house when it's nighttime and then they have the fight and he morning. runs out and then it's morning yeah, all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I think he was out all night, right? So, like, he comes in in the morning, whatever. It doesn't know. matter. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Even, too, man, like the like the actual like title screen of it, like, it's not a title screen. It's just a slow pan over a billboard saying boogie, boogie nights. nights and i was like that's so fucking cool like yeah. you didn't do like an actual title screen right you just did like it part of the movie yeah it, even like when he's talking about uh his name mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah he's like he's like I, when i close my eyes i just i see this this like neon sign with purple lettering and orange borders or whatever it is and he says and it says dirk diggler and then it just cuts to it yes <laughs> And then it, the neon lights just explode yeah. out. And it's like, yes, that is very 70s it's style. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, is there any, like, thing other than, like, uh, uh, Scotty's thing that you didn't really like? Because I don't have much. Uh, not really, man. Like, I, like nitpicky shit. Like, fucking Mark Wahlberg's hair in the beginning looks fake. Like It looks, it like, looks like a wig, doesn't it? Does. I don't think it is. It's not. But, like, <laughs> I mean, up until, like, it gets to where he's starting to become Dirk Diggler and he's starting to become known, like, then he gets, like... The more like I want to say like seventies look like that kind of mullet, not mullet. Yeah. Um, that looks good, but like in the beginning, it looks it fucking lo- nuts. It does. It looks like a like a fake hair. It does look like a wig. Yeah. And then I I the only other thing was like kind of the weird relationship with Amber and Eddie, where it's like she kind of loves him. Yeah. Like so- it, she's leading on to say that like you know it's more of like a son situation because she obviously is trying to fight for custody for her actual kid right um but it's definitely more than just that like especially too when they have the sex scene and it starts off with him being like or her being like you know just come on my tits or whatever and then she tells him to finish inside of her yeah and it's like there's definitely something going on there yeah but they never fully explore that either well it they don't explore that relate like them to uh, in depth, mm-hmm. but I think there's enough there to kind of understand what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, and I don't know. It just it felt like they were building to a story, and then they just kind of dropped it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I agree with that, but mm. okay. Uh, Other than that, I love this movie. Yeah, no, I think it's a great film. Um, themes, though, mm. so many. There's a lot. There's so many themes. Um, obviously, drug addiction is 
something that's very present in this film. Um, freedom of expression, I got a lot of, where it's just, like, obviously, like, trying to express who you are, like, not just from the porn industry, but, like, kind of making your own path, like, trying to build up to yourself. Um, there is, like, this Icarus effect with Eddie that was almost weird, because, like, I don't know if you've ever heard the song Rebel Without a Cause by um, Tom Petty. Um, I don't think so. There's a music video for it that, like, just reminded me so much of this film. Like, it's literally this guy gets a tattoo and then is taught, like, a couple of chords on the guitar by his girlfriend and then becomes, like, this massive star and then gets way over his head and just becomes, like, an addict and then, like, hits rock bottom and has to try and build himself back up again. Yeah. And I... The entire movie. Like, that's yeah. just what it was. Yeah. Um, A big one was... For me, like this, this movie is about family. This is building a family out of either, like, it it doesn't have to be your biological family. It's building a family about people that understand you and get you and are there to support you. Yeah, and that's this entire film, especially like at the end. When, the ending is so is such a family moment. Yes, like it's it's the it's it's Buck. Like, playing in the pool with his newborn son, with his wife, like, painting it. Um, Jack is, like, just walking around the house, like, getting everybody Jack together. Jack is dad. Yes. Like, it's no longer a party for, like, sex and drugs. It's a family cookout party. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's that's literally what it's become. Yeah. It's so... It's nice, man. It, it really is. It's nice to see because, I mean, you literally have Jack telling roller girl like clean your room Mm -hmm. like take all your (laughs) shit and move it from one side to the other side like clean your room and then she's doing it and he's talking to amber and he's telling her that she's the foxiest Mm -hmm. bitch and all (laughs) and and, and, and that he's ever seen uh which is basically a a husband telling his wife that you're beautiful and i'm and i I love you and dirk finally coming back home yep and and being like essentially coming home to to his father right Mm -hmm. because he basically is his father because roller girl is kind of like their daughter yeah and dirk is kind of like their son at this point and you know they're they're just treating each other like that and then you have dirk's incredible finish finishing like lines that Mm -hmm. he's taught that he's talking to himself thank god they showed his penis too yeah uh you need to see it at least well yeah like fucking two and a half hours of like, oh just my god, you're like, such you got such a big dick. Oh my god, he's so good at sex. Like at least show it. <laughs> like fucking like let me see what you're talking about. Yeah, were you disappointed? Oh god, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if that's actually Mark or if that's No, a, it's not. It's a prosthetic. Uh, all right. It's a big, it's a Imagine big, if that was they, Mark. They though. went they went bigger. Um and I guess like he was having problems like when he would sit down or whatever, it was like bopping up and like hitting him and shit. So they were like, Yeah, no, we gotta make it a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main theme that I took away is also like the whole idea of family and that, you know, at the end of the day, like biology doesn't actually like matter. Like what matters is just wh- who you're comfortable around and and that you have all of these broken people mm-hmm. who are trying to fill some type of void, basically. Yeah. And they all find that void within each other. Mm-hmm. So like Amber losing her son to like a custody battle. She's she's like she finds that in Dirk. And Roller Girl not having any, like, friends or family, like, in school and having, you know, whatever. She finds that. And probably, I would imagine, like, a bad father. She, you know, she finds that in Jack. Jack is looking to create real art, and he finds that in Dirk. Mm -hmm. And Dirk finds basically everything that he's looking for, like, a real, real family. Like, all three of those, to get all three of them together are his family because he has such a bad family with 
in his real world, right? Yeah. His dad is kind of like a pushover and his mom is just crazy for yeah. no reason. Yeah. And I love that too, like where, you know, when Dirk finally hits rock bottom and I think that's very interesting that he doesn't go back to his actual family. He right. goes back to Jack. Right. Because that's like... That's who, his family. Exactly. Like that's yeah. the people that understand him the most. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, there's other things like the idea of like wanting to be somebody, right? Like wanting to be a star mm-hmm. so badly and wanting the world to know who you are. Because cause Eddie has this, this, like he kind of in the real world portrays himself as a little bit more shy and a little bit more like timid. Mm-hmm. But when he's by himself in the mirror... He's always doing like karate moves yeah. and he's always like flexing. Like he loves because, Bruce because Lee. Because he, he is like, he feels like he is more than just the average Joe. Like mm-hmm. he knows that he is destined to do something great. Yeah. But, and when he's by himself, he, he, he feels that he has that confidence. And then when he goes out into the real world, he doesn't really have that confidence. And then finally, Jack is the one that can kind of bring that confidence out in him through these, these porno films. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah, the idea of like just wanting to like be somebody and 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 truly be a, like a real real star, um, and then obviously I, I mentioned already like the death of cinema and like mm-hmm. the introdu- introduction of video because that not just in the porn industry that was real life right yeah. because VHS came into the world and then everybody and anybody could just make a fucking movie for super cheap mm-hmm. and you didn't have to have any type of skill and there are tons and tons and tons of videos out there that are not considered films they're considered videos yes <laughs> and they're you know they're feature they're feature length but they're shot on vhs and they're terrible most mm-hmm. of them anyway um so the idea of like the death of cinema which is interesting because of how prevalent that topic still is because the death of film anyway like specifically like film like yeah. actual like film stock 35 millimeter you know 70 millimeter whatever it is because that was such a big thing that was happening during like the renaissance when when Tarantino was releasing The Hateful Eight and Christopher Nolan was releasing Dunkirk mm-hmm. and um, Paul Thomas Anderson is releasing whatever the hell he's doing at, at, at that point, you know, because they all shoot on film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you actually are aware of this, but film almost disappeared entirely. Yeah. Uh, like back in 2000 and uh, what was it? What are we? It's probably like 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Kodak, who makes today's modern film, basically was going to make like enough film for the next few years. Like they were going to be like, this is, this was it. This This is what we're going to make. And then, and then we're done. And because of Paul Thomas Anderson, Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, and then all of these like indie uh, filmmakers who like to shoot on 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, like Robert Edgars. Right. Those, because of them, they, I mean, they literally saved film Mm -hmm. like Tarantino and mostly Tarantino, Nolan and, and Paul Thomas Anderson literally saved film which is insane yeah uh because again it was going to be no longer and 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 then that means that this you know if that didn't happen this at this point in our lives everything would just be being shot on digital Mm -hmm. which is sad yes because like there is a definite like you can see the difference between film and video good i Mm. fucking love film man if and it feels like it's so much better when there's a specific movie that like is like a period piece or like it it's a setting in which like it just feels more real on film. Yeah. It's just it's the best. Mm-hmm. I love this movie and I'm glad that uh that you liked it. I'm yeah. glad that uh that you just 
enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it's I I just love this movie so much. Nine and a half pool parties out of ten. Yeah, I think it's it. For me, man, I really think that it's like a 10 out of 10 for mm. me. Like, I really think that this is one of his best films. And I think that this deserves to be uh, a true, true, like, modern day classic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention it because we kind of stayed in the 2000s mm-hmm. on, on when we did, like, modern day classics. But Boogie Nights for me is, like, absolutely a real, real classic. And it sucks, too, because, like, nobody really talks about Boogie Nights that much. Like, even when you bring up Paul Thomas Anderson films, like, you're obviously going to think of There Will Be Blood and um, The Phantom Thread, Mm. because that's, like, the latest thing. Even, like, what is it, Licorice Pizza? Right. Like, that's because that just came out. But, like, this is a great movie. This (laughs) this is definitely something that deserves to be talked about more. Yeah, I love it. Um, So I have a recommendation. Okay. And that is... That uh, that if you are a photographer or a filmmaker or whatever, shoot on fucking film. Mm-hmm. So I am a photographer and I learned how to uh, operate a camera on 35 millimeter. Um, now, I did transition eventually over to digital because it just makes more sense like business wise mm-hmm. in, the, in today's world to shoot digitally. Um, but I don't. Prime. I don't only shoot on digital. I shoot on film too. Like I, I like to just. I have my 35 millimeter cameras that I use, uh, and it was really nice because I'm gonna. I guess kind of a recommendation within a recommendation is Fujifilm. Mm-hmm. They their digital cameras feel like film cameras. Mm. They have like the same dials and yes. everything um, that just, a, that a 35 millimeter camera has. So like the transition from going from film to digital on a Fujifilm was mm-hmm. like seamless for me instead of like a Nikon or a Canon where it's only just like buttons on like a screen and that's how you make your changes. Like no Fujifilm actually has like physical dials just like a a 35 millimeter camera does. Nice. Um, Except you don't have to be in a black room to to process it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So of course I understand why people shoot digital and whatnot, but um, I would say that if you are into photography or film, then you really, really, I think are missing out a lot if Mm -hmm. you, uh, and just like the process of I'm like, I like to romanticize things. Mm-hmm. It's like the same reason why I collect vinyl. Yeah. Like, is vinyl better than CD or or just digital streaming? Not always. Probably not, truthfully. Like, mm-hmm. when you're coming to, like, actual audio quality, it probably is better on a on a uh, digital format. Mm-hmm. But I like... The, the style I, of I it, like man. the idea. The, the aesthetic of right. it is so I, nice. I just, I just love it. So, like, and again, like, film, you might not get as super crisp and clear but that's kind of the point mm-hmm. like the like the texture the dirtiness of it the light leakage anything that any if it, the film grain all mm-hmm. of that is like the point of it um and it just really makes it feel like something completely different so uh i wanted to recommend shooting on film if you are the if you are the type of person that is a creative and you do photography or film so good stuff uh zach Mm. What are we doing next? You must be asking, what are we doing next? <laughs> yes. Since you just asked. Right. Uh, so we're going to be doing a discussion that I want to call respecting the bad guy. Um, so I want to do kind of like a full-on discussion about antagonists in films, like different types of antagonists, what they represent, what they mean to the film, and then some of our favorites. A little bit different from uh, from our top favorite villains. So Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Zach? Take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, let's keep rocking and rolling, man.